Hey, everybody, this is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews a classic episode of The Office as part of our binge-worthy shows special series. Specifically, we'll be reviewing Broke. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, daylight saving hit me pretty hard oh. this week. I just feel like I am uh, walking through mud all week and falling behind. And, you know, yesterday I was like, what is wrong with me? And I think... Just having kids and being a little older, the daylight saving is especially hard. And having like a day full of responsibilities every day that is not going to wait for me to wake up. That's the problem. Well, I would like to have some sympathy for you, but having lived through it uh, myself, it, I consider it a badge of war. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, with kids, you mean having yeah. lived through it with kids? Or yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Because they do not understand the time change and fall back and spring ahead. And I really think it's time to, you know, we've put all the farmers out of business. So let's just knock it off. Let's just suck it up and live live like the world is set up. Yeah, farmers is one explanation for it. There's all sorts of different rationales either way. Uh, you know, and some people think we should just switch to daylight saving all the time. Some people say mm. just stick with standard. The scientists seem to say that it would be healthier for us to just stick with standard time. I don't like that idea. But um, in any case, I do think this switch, We it seems like every year there's more and more people saying, why are we still doing yeah. this? Yeah. Well, let me just say that pretty soon it will start to appear on ballots and when I was on the school board, I was told that any new idea that's brought before the public will take at least three years to build any momentum towards passing. And that indeed was the truth, that the mm. first year, everybody says no. The second year, you know, there's a certain percentage that come around. And the third year is the year when people start taking it seriously and really thinking about it. Huh. No, Maybe, not, where not, did you where did you hear about this? When I was on the school board, anything we brought before oh. the public was was uh, anything new that we brought before the public was hard hands down. Uh, the first year, second year, and the third year was when you would get a little foothold and then could maybe progress towards what we wanted to get done. Boy, that's fascinating. I thought it was too. Yeah. Um makes sense. Uh, you know, in Illinois, uh, the um legislature just passed a bill to keep us on daylight saving time uh the whole year round, yeah. but um we need permission from Congress to do that, right? That's oh. the that's the catch because of the Federal Time Act or whatever. If you want to stick on standard time all year, Go for it. And you pass a lot of that effect. A state can do that, but a state can't switch to daylight saving time without oh, permission. Oh. You know, that first day is alarming. Like, oh my God, it's eleven thirty. I really should get out of my pajamas or, you know, whatever happens. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, it's time to make dinner. Like Well, that. and like you said, the kids have no idea, so they're banging off the walls, especially right. Leo. Right. Late. I'm the other night. 
he came out of his room so many times and by the end he he came out and he was just like mama why do we have papers and markers and it's oh, just like Lord. what are you even talking about just just <laughs> what and i just picture him in there being like well, i've run out of material i've used up all my tricks and all my <laughs> questions what have i got what have i got and he, that's the best he could come up with uh, why do we have paper and markers i need to know right now i can't sleep why do we have these things? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time to get him a reading light so he can just lay in bed and read. You know, it's cute. Sometimes they, they have a little nightlight in the corner of the room. And sometimes if they're both still awake, what they'll do is they'll get out a book and they'll go over to that nightlight and they'll huddle together oh. next to each other and, you know, quote unquote, read a book. Very cute. Very yeah. cute. Me and daddy do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what's an update on the coronavirus front? We're all dealing with it. Yes. It sort of inspired our topic this week. Just the shows we're all watching to pass the time in case we're shut in or preparing to be. So what's your update? Well, my update is this. Uh, first of all, I would like to give a very warm shout out to Amanda Jane, who responded to my feeling of despair earlier this week with a very kind tweet. Now, I have unfollowed you on Twitter. Oh, good. Great. And I know you're very happy about that. And perhaps you would like to tell the older generation why it is inappropriate to have your mother follow you. Well, I'll tell you what you do is you do more than follow because you know, on Twitter, there's the stuff that everybody on your feed sees. And then the replies, you know, when I reply directly to people, that only shows up for people who follow both of us. So what would happen, listeners, is that I'd reply to somebody who maybe watched my YouTube videos or the podcast or whatever, who didn't mention mom or anything. And I'm just having a conversation with them. And then I wake up like the next morning and I find that mom has liked this conversation I just found it a bit creepy that you were always going into my replies, too. Yeah, I it is a It is a fine point of Twitter etiquette. Yeah. But if, you know, if yeah. you're clicking through to look at my replies page, then I feel like, geez, let me have a conversation in semi-private lately. Yeah. So that's why I said you were being kind of creepy. Twitter okay. creepy. Well, and I would like to explain to you um, that I wasn't going into anything. It just showed up on my feed. Uh, I see. Okay. So uh, just so you know that I'm not, I wasn't clicking on anything. Uh, I don't know how to really say this, but I get it. it I it get it. Because sometimes I understand because sometimes, sometimes Twitter will pull in. It's true. We'll pull in some conversations someone else will have and they say, hey, mm. I imagine you don't follow too, too many people. Right. So they're like, right. hey, this guy you follow is involved in this conversation. You want to see it? So oh. I thought you were kind of clicking through and being a little stalkery. No, uh, so no. this was the nature of the misunderstanding here. So yeah. proceed. You may follow away, and I was wrong, and uh, Oh, go no, ahead. no, no. No, I don't need to follow you, except that now I miss, uh, unless somebody retweets, I don't know when your basement breakdown is on. Uh, well, hopefully you subscribed to the basement well, breakdown, did, so you will where know, is right? It? Where does it tell me? Because I did subscribe to it, but I thought it would, like, notify me or something, but it, it didn't. So, yeah, you have to turn notifications on separately. It's a little tricky, isn't it? Uh, um, but if you go to YouTube, there's something in the sidebar that says subscriptions and you can click on that. 
well then how, how about if this if i follow you again and never say anything to you okay that's good too okay all right well i'm i wanted to just clear that up because you know i don't always know the latest etiquette uh and i do try to i do try to do the right thing uh but i wasn't clicking anything so just so okay. you know Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad that, we straightened that. Yeah, glad not, we straightened that out. Okay, I'm not that interested, um, unless I'm involved. Um, oh, oh, Amanda Jane, very comforting, and I thank you for that very, very much. Now, earlier this week, that was a confidential to Amanda Jane. You're not going to tell us what she said. Maybe it would comfort the rest of us. No, no, it was just for me. Oh, <laughs> okay. Go it ahead. Was just for me. Okay. She offered a helping hand if I needed it. And I do appreciate that because oh. I did get myself into a tiz and I will tell you why. I've been trying to stay isolated. As you as you may or may not know, the whole state of Massachusetts is shutting down. All the big universities and colleges yeah. have sent students home. They are all going to take classes online, Harvard. MIT, Boston University, sent everyone home, which is a little alarming being the next state over. Yeah. So I have not been venturing out <clears throat> very much, but I did go to the supermarket the other day and there was a man that was sort of shopping in front of me uh, throughout a good part of the store. And in general, he was just somebody that you would not, you know, you really wouldn't want to be standing right next to him. He just had a look about him. Okay. Um, now, and what? just like a sinister sort or he looked like he was sick or what? He just looked uh, uh, unkempt and he kept looking at stuff, but he wasn't putting anything in his cart. So I don't know if he was off. He just was there. off. He was off. And I just... Mm. You know, now I've just come Monday morning. Here's a big pie in your face with, you know, with just coronavirus hysteria. There's no toilet paper, ah! you know, all this stuff that just worked on my nerves. So I'm avoiding him. But then I realized I want to get hot dogs. So I have to go back <laughs> and I pass him and see that he's standing uh, and this is this is the part I want you to listen to, okay? He's standing next to the uh, the kiosk. I don't know really what they're called in the supermarket with all the different flavored chicken wings and onion rings and okay. I don't know what else. Bar. Oh, buffet bar. Okay, it's a small one, you know. Yep. And I go and get the hot dogs, and when I come back, Johnny, he is standing, looking in the case whips out a handkerchief and starts wiping his nose over the food. Uh. And I gagged and, and then I panicked. But when I got home, I saw that I had panicked. I had Oreo cookies. I had ice cream, uh, snowballs from tasty cakes. You know, the little cakes with the colored coconut, the bat, the cart was just full of junk. That I realized after I saw him, I just panicked, sort of, and yeah. started throwing all kinds of crap in my cart. And then I got out of there. 
But I also would like to tell you that I did stop long enough to find out that there's no Brock's malted Easter eggs in my supermarket. You um, were lucid enough to to ascertain the status of the Brock's Easter eggs. Sure, that right. would be the last thing to go when your brain goes on the fritz. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did very well through produce and meat. I yeah. did. I oh. was really, really good. Uh, and then it just all went to hell after this man took out his handkerchief. I was so skeeved by that. Ugh. Yeah. So I know that you sometimes get food from the hot, what is it called? Hot bar. At uh, Whole hot, Foods, they call it the hot bar. At the hot bar. And I just want you to rethink that. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, you- Really? I do. I really want you to rethink it because it was so disgusting. And who knows? You know, maybe he goes, I never get anything off the hot bar, but, you know, maybe, maybe he does that. Well, I don't buy anything at the supermarket at Hannaford's that's not wrapped before it gets in the store. Do you know what I'm saying? All right. Well, I'll tell you what, for the duration of the coronavirus crisis, I will not uh, get anything from the hot bar at Whole Foods unless okay. some feeling really hungry. Okay. I think that's a good okay. plan. I think that's a good okay. plan. I think there's a lot of bad information out there. There's some good information out there, but it's very hard to tell which is which. Yes. So now we must all draw on our common sense and use that wisely. Like, do you really need to go to the movies? Probably not. Well, why, I think why do you think that's funny? That is not funny at all. Well, I just think the very matter, the very pat way in which you put that just just struck, struck me as funny. But yeah, I think the country's getting the message. Okay. Well, I'm I'm here to flame the flame the fire. <laughs> yeah, fan the flames. Fan the flames. See, I can't even talk. I can't even talk about it without getting upset. But here's something else. Here's something else. On another subject, Daddy was saying to me this morning how cleaning up after dinner has become his on on his duty list. And fair enough, yes, it has. I I have bestowed that on him. And his fear is that I am soon going to ask him to cook dinner. And I was a little taken aback. Well, I have to tell you, I. I was very, I was screaming and yelling. So, uh, to in all honesty, but at him, yes, because I said, "How many dinners have I cooked for you in all the years that we've been married?" So this is discounting, you know, breakfasts or dinners or whatever I or or lunches. Excuse me, pardon me. So it looks like it's fourteen thousand six hundred dinners. Or meals. Wow. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. So I said that when he got to, you know, 15,000 cleanups that we would negotiate the whole thing again. That's pretty lenient of you. I, I thought it was fair. I wanted to well, put it well, in perspective that was favorable to me. Isn't the implication that he should be also cooking dinners to be catching up? He should be doing it all? I don't think we're ready for that because... Uh, uh, I know he can make scrambled eggs, um, but I'm not sure 
I'm not sure what else he can make. So you were upset with him for uh, even expressing the fear that he would have to, for essentially saying, oh, woe is me, this burden may become even greater. That was the, yeah, that's what you were in. But you don't want him to cook, actually cook dinner. I do not. That's my, okay. No, I mean, if he could cook, I would, but he doesn't, he doesn't really cook. You know, like, he, he doesn't really cook. It just reminds me of, and Dad, just don't listen to this episode, by the way, okay? But it reminds me of one time, I don't know how old I was, maybe like 9 or 10, and we took this trip to the Dartmouth bookstore, and Dad went to the cookbook section. It was just like a fiend, and just what, it seemed like he was, I knew he had a bad back, and I started to maybe worry about his back going out of him with all the cookbooks he was racking it up, and it was just like the gourmet this and the art of Italian this, and he was just going to become this gourmand, and I was, you know, as a kid, you don't really understand that people go through phases, and they acquire hobbies or lose them or whatever, and I just remember feeling like, wow, I had no idea Dad was so into cooking yeah, um, because, you know, I had never seen it before, Um, and let me raise my hand and say that I do not do my fair share of the cooking in my household, and I, you know, I try to pull my fair weight. Yeah, but, and, and um, I think you do a very good job of that. But what you have to also understand is that, you know, I was born in 1952. I am a product of having uh, six years of home economics, how to plan a meal, how to how yeah. to shop for a meal, how to make a bed, wow. how to you know how to make a bed before there was uh, fitted sheets, and so. Our relationship is more, and I would like to use the word traditional, but that wouldn't mean anything. Um, but our, I think our relationship is more old-fashioned than couples today. Well, you know, Mom, even even for me, you talk about home ec, and it wasn't as intensive a program when I went through middle school, junior high, whatever people want to call it. But um, when I was in middle school and I opted for home ec, most semesters when we were given a choice, I was like one of two boys in yeah. the class. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I took it because I learned how to at least not burn the kitchen down. And right. I learned how to write a check and, uh, you know, balance a checkbook or whatever. Yeah. Maybe not as useful a skill now, literally, but you still have to balance your finances. So I learned all that. Um, it was a good education, I thought. More useful in the long run to me than shop, which right. was the other option. And, um, that, and I and I still have Jenna's tic-tac-toe game that she made in uh, <laughs> shop when she took that. Was that Jenna? I made one of those. Yeah, I know. I have two of them. Yes. <laughs> The stupid tic-tac-toe game. That was as far as I got in the, <laughs> in the shop program. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have two of them, and I'll I'll send you one when I find them. Again. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we do our pop culture? Um, oh, Easter candy. Did you get to oh, talking about well, the Easter candy? Yeah, that candy? was the Brock's. I, uh, I don't know what the problem is. You know, they, and this is a real concern to me because this is the one Easter candy besides Peeps, which has now been just so muddied and become so unspecial because they do it for every holiday. Um, 
peeps. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it's it's true. Everything. Um, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Yeah. But let's I mean, come I, back to that point. Okay. So the other one thing I like is Brock's malted at Fiesta eggs. I think they're called. Mm. And my drugstore used to carry them every year. They don't. The supermarket doesn't have them. Amazon wants to charge you $10 a bag for something that should cost $2.99. Target has them for $2.99, but they will not ship them. And I'm certainly not going down to a germ-infested crisis at Target and then have yeah. to worry for the next seven days every time I sneeze whether I have the virus. So I'm not doing that. And I have no access to um, these eggs other than the ones that daddy bought online for me that are coming tomorrow. So, uh, maybe, maybe people aren't buying them. They do have a, a very inferior brand called Robin's Robin's eggs or something, but the outside is waxy and the malted milk part is crappy. So, and Brock's, Brock's is the brand that I'm looking for and you can't get them. Wow. You know, I know people are dying and that there's a lot of suffering and yep. potential harm to come from this virus, but I just want people to take a moment to sympathize with mom. Yeah, please and do. And not get the particular brand of malted milk eggs that she um, that she prefers. Wow, it's a sad tale. It, Let me jump back to... Really? Uh, I, <laughs> it's true that... I love what you say about peeps, that it used to be an Easter thing. Are Cadbury cream eggs still that way, or can you pretty much get those anytime now? Uh, you know, I don't like those, so I don't keep a watch for them. I think you can get those most of the most of the year now, too. That used to, when those would appear, it used to be like, oh, ooh, ooh, it's ooh. Easter, it's spring, yeah, yeah. Then they realized, oh, we can just keep selling these, and people will keep eating them. Right. So they did. Right, and now they're not special anymore. Um, would you rather have a Peeps chick or a Peeps bunny? Uh, chick. I prefer a chick. Yeah, I the used classic. To, I used to like the white ones. And the last white chick that I had, Anna got me at the College Supply uh, store in Hanover. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which And that's gone. College Supply is gone now. So. College and Supply Peeps. is gone. And the, book, and the bookstore story I told about Dad uh, in his... Uh, cookbook mania that happened at dartmouth bookstore too yeah, you cleaned yeah. them out <laughs> it's barnes and noble now oh it, there's still a bookstore there there is still a bookstore there but uh it's barnes and noble yeah and, Which, and, a, and a not very good one at that well i don't think there's any good ones left that company's been circling the drain for some time oh really yeah it's not a well-run company yeah give me a borders Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. Just kidding. All right. So uh, if anybody in the um, Wilmot, New Hampshire area has a lead on some germ-free Brock's malted Easter eggs, then uh, please get in touch with mom at your soonest convenience. They don't even have to be germ-free. I will wipe the bag down with a Clorox wipe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. What an offer. Yeah. I know. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's talk about The Office. Okay. This week, Mom and I are talking about the Office episode, Broke. 
Broke is the 25th episode of the fifth season of The Office. It concludes the Michael Scott Paper Company storyline, which sees Steve Carell's character split off to form his own venture after he gets fed up with a new executive who interferes with Michael's management of the branch. Through some shockingly shrewd negotiation, Michael manages to work his way back into the Dunder Mifflin fold just as his new venture was about to become insolvent. Here's a clip. I want my old job back. I want my old parking space back. I want a Sebring. They don't make him anymore. And I want Charles gone. I'm not firing Charles. He's very valuable. That's very kind of you to say, David. I need him gone. No. Okay, then I want Pam back. Uh, you already have a new receptionist. I sales. Thank you. Pam's not a salesperson. Yes, she is. At the Michael Scott Paper Company, in its heyday. That's right. Okay. Please continue. And Ryan. Ryan cost Dunder Mifflin hundreds of thousands of dollars, Michael. You know Ryan, what? David, isn't... I don't care if Ryan murdered his entire family. He is like a son to me. Do you realize what you're asking for here? You're talking about salary plus health benefits. And dental this time. Insurance, taxes, Social Security for three people? This is a heck of a lot more than 60 grand. You're talking about a multi-million dollar buyout. These are our demands. Your company cannot be worth that much. Our company is worth nothing. That's the difference between you and I. Business isn't about money to me, David. If tomorrow my company goes under, I will just start another paper company, and then another, and another, and another. I have no shortage of company names. Michael. That's the, one of them. The Office is streaming on Netflix. We think you might be binging it as we speak. Mom. Oh, I didn't I didn't write a pun for this one in advance. I forgot. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Oh, I got it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Mom, did you go for broke? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, let me just say, this is the perfect, perfect show to be binging. It'll still yeah. make you laugh. It'll still make you cringe. It will, it, it, you know, it will satisfy you. It's good quality, great quality. Um, and what a what a wonderful escape from from the world right now. I, yeah. I, I'd forgotten about this. I've been watching Shetland, which is all about solving murders, uh, which yeah. I thought was a good thing. But really, it just makes me feel like murdering someone. So <laughs> when you suggested this and I have someone in mind, too, um, <laughs> when you suggested this. Now, I wait, I should say that was a joke because if something happens, I just don't need the FBI knocking oh, on my yeah. door. Going to have like the staircase situation. Is that what that documentary was called? The staircase? I think so. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Forget it then. Okay. Um, this, this, this was like a breath of fresh air watching it. Uh, we had, we had planned to talk about, uh, a comedy stand-up special, but it was so disappointing. We we didn't want to, we didn't want to bring you down. So we switched we over. Mom and I called. I called mom, and I was just like, I don't know what we're going to say about this. Um, what is? The, uh, so I don't, I don't want to give out the comedian's no, name because no. if we're not going to give it a full review, then we shouldn't. Um, no, no. But right. uh, it wasn't good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so when you suggested this, I thought. Oh, you know, this is one of those shows where 
I probably remember all the dialogue. I don't know. And then I was absolutely delighted to watch it. I was delighted to watch it. And not only that, I watched the next one where Kevin brings in his chili. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. That's one of the funniest, one of the funniest opens in the whole series. Oh, my God. Oh. You gotta, uh, what is that? Do you know what the episode is called? Uh, I don't. Okay. Well, it's the 26th episode of uh, uh, of Lord. season five. And, uh, oh, Casual Friday, it's called. Casual, Casual Friday oh, is the name that, of the episode. Really, this is a great episode, too. It is. It is. It's, um, it's. Yeah, it is a great episode. I want to talk a little more about Broke, but the beginning of Casual Friday with um, Kevin bringing in his huge tub of chili, um, which is the biggest pot they could get their hands on. Oh, Lord. That is just some fantastic physical comedy. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen the gif of it because it's it's a very meme moment. It's impressive. Um, So, Mom, I have been just... uh, This started when I was... um, Rehearsing for uh, a very rehearsing a very difficult piece for a piano recital at the end of last year, and uh, Anna pointed me to this podcast, some NPR podcast. I forget which one; they're all the same. Um, oh, and that's it was not about, nice. Well, <laughs> there's a. It's part of the NPR um, Let's Tell You How to Live Your Life uh, podcast universe, and this one um, featured. Um, interviews with basically like a music practice coach anyway part of it he said was watch something funny um, that will make you actually laugh out loud um, every day in the in the like week leading up in the weeks leading up to your performance or your audition or whatever it is because you need that um, release and you need to let go a pretty simple but piece of advice and I really took this guy's whole system in um, into my life I was very receptive to it and it helped me prepare for the audition but I just you know you can't argue with turning the office on for a half an hour the office was the series that I chose so I started somewhere and like picked it back up in the second season and almost every night it's just sort of a release right now and with, with the stress of the world at the moment you're right. I love how you talk about you felt like you were going to remember it all and you didn't. The writing is so dense and clever that you just you yes. can't remember it all. That's right. That's right. Uh, you may remember a, a thing or two, but I have nothing but pleasant memories about this. I remember when the show was on and I called Jenna one day and she said she answered the phone and she said, Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. And I <laughs> I, I, there's so many moments to fall in love with this show and it has, you know, that's yeah. one of the memories I have from it. I, and I love that. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. So this arc, we have Charles Minor come in played by Idris Elba. I really like this character because it's kind of like this guy's coming in. He knows how a company should be managed. And yeah. it's almost as if someone from the real world is coming yeah. and offering their assessment yeah. of the sort of loopy world of the Michael Scott Scranton branch of Dunder Mifflin. Um, and that's I think that's a really smart idea um, for a show in its 
fifth season, this far along, to sort of hold a mirror up to it. Yeah. And um, that's the dynamic of this character. And one of the thing, one of the dynamics that develops is that he doesn't like Jim at all. He thinks yeah. Jim is a, <laughs> a slacker, yeah, jerk. Um, he doesn't he doesn't find him funny at all. And I love it because, um, <laughs> you know, as I've been rewatching this, I still love Jim, but he's a jerk, and he really treats Dwight quite terribly. Yes, like, he does. Tortures the guy sometimes, and I get that it's all funny and he's a character, but. Um, it's really striking to me how everything that seemed benign and cute the first time through we watched this, I see Jim in such a different light. It's not like I hate him now, but I I do a little bit. I like him and hate him. So really? what do you make of Jim? Yeah. Gee, I always, well, it's interesting because I saw him just uh, this morning on, I guess, YouTube when he was on Stephen Colbert's show teaching him how to talk with a Boston accent, oh, yeah. which yeah. I, I didn't even realize he had. Yeah, me either. But the Super Bowl ad brought that to light. So that was, that was you know, I'm looking at John Krasinski, not Jim. Then I immediately turned on The Office and watched him as Jim. And I think I understand what you're saying, but I feel like that's who... I would identify with if I worked in that office. Hmm. I, I, I really wonder because Anna said something to me the other night while we were watching that I really agreed with. And she said, like, I feel like a whole generation of a certain type of guys, I'm paraphrasing here, but I feel like a whole generation of a certain type of guys really modeled their behavior on Jim. Mm. And I don't know. He is selfish and he is aloof and he's disengaged. And it's funny because he's the voice of us, right? Like he looks at the camera when right. we're also being like, what the, or laughing right. or whatever. Right. He's the human laugh track. And of course you say you would identify with him because that's the role he plays in the series. But I do just feel like if you step back um, and look at his behavior objectively, he's a good he's a good guy. I'm not saying he's a monster, but he also is kind of a jerk at times. But maybe so are many of us. Well, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm going to watch now with a little bit of a jaundiced eye now that you've pointed that out, because, um, you know, the subway game is is. Uh, something i played with this show and yeah. you better tell people what the subway game is because it's not self-evident you said everybody played it that's yeah, but, you, people that's don't know what you're talking me. about when you say the subway game the subway game is a game that when johnny lived in new york and we rode the subway and actually now that you live in chicago when we ride the train is that to look around the car and see if you were responsible for uh, recreating, you know, if the world was lost all its people and, and you and one other person in the subway car had to fill the world up again, who would you choose? You know, a variation of that. That's that's the yeah. loose. So uh, so Jim is the one I would pick because <laughs> because I find, you know, Andy is very nice looking, but I find him very annoying. Um <laughs> And I can so see him, as you have said before, that he could be a little annoying 
when you worked in an office with him. That's right, which I, I, I did. I worked at The Daily Show for a couple of years and worked um, closely with Ed Helms many times. Um, and as I've said before on the podcast, he's not, I mean, he's not as dumb as Andy, but he's, um, you know, the and the <laughs> constant music spouting from him, like that is all pretty accurate to Ed Helms. I mean, he is a goof. Yeah, he seems a little ADD. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, which is annoying to me. Uh, but a good guy. Can I say that? Like, I really oh, liked I working with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. You don't you don't get that far in showbiz if you're an asshole. Oh, oh yeah, you do. Yep. Really? <laughs> let's name yeah. a few. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but yes, you do. All right. There was a correspondent at The Daily Show at the time who pretty much everyone at the office couldn't stand. Really? And is still, I'm not going to say his name because he's he's not still at the show, but he's still working Works. and yeah. out there and is a name you would know. Wow. It's not Rob Riggle. I know I've talked about how I was annoyed by Rob Riggle before, but everybody loved Rob Riggle. I was the outcast in that respect. Um, but yeah. And I feel like, to bring it back around, I feel like Jim might be that might be that asshole. Really? Really? Now It's hard uh, for now, me to say because I, I still love Jim. All right. Well, I just do want to tie this up by saying that if I really could procreate, I'd choose Pam, but obviously that wouldn't work. But I would choose her because she could probably cook. And at my age, that sounds appealing. So wait, you just said that if now you, you have your choice in the office and you're picking Pam? Yeah. You know, it's another – sometimes, folks, I go through and I'm editing the podcast and, you know, <laughs> mom will say one thing at the beginning of the review and then I get to the end and I'm like, I got to back up and check to make sure. This is another one of those situations where my just throw me for a loop. And I love it. I'm not complaining. Keep throwing those curveballs. But, Pam, I didn't expect – I thought you just said Jim was your choice. Well, he is. But, you know, given the impossibility of the whole thing, I'm saying Pam. But, you know, that really – that's like – making the your own rules for monopoly you just you can't do that you can't you can't do that so by the rules it would be jim by okay yeah okay all right i picked jim too all right yes it's unanimous okay congratulations jim so the log line for this podcast will be <laughs> mom selects which office character she would uh sleep with great no 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 it doesn't have to be that we don't have to put that idea in anyone's head. Well, I don't. You may not understand the rules of the game as deeply as you <laughs> think you do, but that's the game. Well, haven't you read about the Immaculate Conception? <laughs> no, no. It's not about procreation, Mom. There doesn't need to be any conception or potential thereof. This is oh. just raw, dirty, end of the world. <laughs> We got no other options. Hot and heavy sex. Oh, so, no. Uh, that's not the... We are not playing the same game then. You, yes, that's the game. You got to throw down. Well, now, I wish I could it's go not, back... Oh, but if I had to choose someone to write a postcard to, <laughs> it would be Pam. No. here i don't know this is our review of the episode broke we didn't even talk about the episode at all but who at this point we don't have time who cares okay 
What, well, what's I your would, grade? What's oh, your grade, Mom, for broke? A plus. A plus. A, oh, A plus. All right. Yeah. How did those people get in oh, here? Oh, Johnny, I told you to cancel the audience I today. said no crowd because of the coronavirus. Get out. No. Oh, they just love us too much. And we love them. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. I think that, that was the best office review you folks are going to get anywhere in the podcast universe. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I know Jenna Fisher and what's the name of the woman who plays Angela? I can't remember right now. Angela something. Uh, but I, I know Pam and Angela have their podcast, Office Girls. But boy, you're not going to get a better in-depth review of The Office than that than what you just got. <laughs> it is a great show, and I really would recommend. I'm going to go back now and and binge watch that all day. Well, maybe we'll do another Office episode sometime, and you can hear other, you know, Mom's other sexual fantasies about no, the rest of the cast. Johnny, that was not a sexual fantasy. But um, I think we should we should pick another bingeable show. I like this. I think okay. that we are coming to the aid, and we gave people a great lens to watch The Office through. I think everybody's going to be playing the subway game, as you call it, with The Office tonight. Netflix yeah, and chill indeed. Let us know who you pick. That's... What are some other very bingeable shows? Cheers, Frasier. People watch Friends. You know, I never have gone back to Friends since, you know, sometimes you catch the occasional rerun. Yeah. Um, on the TV, although that hasn't happened in a while, but people are binging that. Anyway, I think we'll continue this binge series to help those of you who, you know, want some company as you're blazing through these old TV shows. Sound good, Mom? That sounds great, but may I say in in this realm that today there was an article in the Boston Globe about 17 17- bingeable shows so maybe you can look that up and see if there's something there that you like if if the office is not to your liking i don't need the boston globe's help all right screw the boston globe yeah you got a recommendation this week mom all right here is my recommendation this is a a young adult book Uh, so it's a quick read it's called i'm not your perfect mexican daughter by erica sanchez it is about a, a young girl uh, in high school. She's Mexican. Her family is uh, somewhat, to her, through her eyes, it's traditional. Her older mm-hmm. sister is the perfect Mexican daughter. She lives at home. She uh-huh. dresses and carries herself a certain way. And she is killed by a truck. Uh-huh. And... As the story unfolds, this daughter that finds herself, thinks of herself as the, the the lesser daughter, uncovers some truths about the older, her sister, and uh, it's just a good read. Wow. Um, you're really back on track with the recommendations. This is two weeks in a row that I really want to uh, check out the books that you've recommended. This is I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica Sanchez. Erica with a K, I understand. Yes. Um, in case they ask you at the library when you go in. This uh, is from the library, Erica. too. I went to the library, but now I'm not going Whoa. Oh, yeah. you know, you could get fined for that. Well, I'm going to return my books. Okay, but just through the slot? That's right. Okay. You seem to okay, know a lot you... about my library. Well, I have been to the library, that's why. Plus, doesn't, don't most libraries have a slot after hours? Oh, I All don't those know. late night readers just got to get, all right, I'm done with this. Midnight, get, get in the, the car. House. Yep. 
Gotta get it back as soon as I can. Oh, every time I go in, they tell me I owe a quarter. I don't know where they're getting this from. But... Ooh, <laughs> at the end of the year, they'll have enough quarters to buy a new book. That's right. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What are we going to talk about? Something interesting. Oh, you saved me. Okay. Something interesting. We'll be back. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Hey, and we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. Make a suggestion for the show. Tell us your favorite flavor of ice cream. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.